Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. We're top of the league. It's another last minute winner. I'm your host Clayton at Clayton's AFC on Twitter and I'm getting absolutely cooked because I had triple Arsenal defence in fantasy football. Uh, I'm with my co-host Nima at FPL Nima. How are you doing? Mate, I am so buzzing. Um, I, my wife was looking at me last night as we got close to kind of like the 93rd, 94th minute. And I was like, I honestly said to her, I was like, oh, it's not looking good. We're, we're, we're running out you of time there, here. It's not looking good, bro, on her, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, it's not looking good, bro. I was like, we're running out of time here. And um, yeah, I just, the game, I always felt, even at like 3-2 down, yeah, like I just felt there was so much of the game left. I was like, look, like we've made massive mistakes here. We've got this, man. It's a corner and two mistakes. I was like, we, we will come back. But in those final dying embers of the match is when I first started to have doubts, like the last yeah. minute or two. Yeah, I was I was like, OK, this is getting a bit close even for my liking. I know, I think they said we've now won, well, not won, but we've scored like five goals, I think, in the final yeah. minute. So injury time. So it's crazy, man. Is but that yeah, just this season? That's that. Just this season. That's nuts. And obviously Rice has got two of them now. So uh, he's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But yeah, to be honest, it was one of those. Like when, when was it? Jesus, uh, uh, Havertz scored. It was around the hour mark, right? Yeah, just checked. It was on the hour. Havertz scored, and it was free all. And I felt chill. Like as soon as we got it back to uh, free all, I was the guy. Yeah, we got more than enough time to go and win. And then say like it's getting to seventieth minute, seventy fifth, eighty five, and I'm like, and then same as you. Like I was confident, confident, confident. And then it got to like added time. I was like, I don't think we're actually going to do this. And then the ball's going out there. Odegaard gives it to Zinchenko, gives it back. And it's going to get the ball. And I went absolutely ballistic. Like, I was at my friend's house watching it. And this guy, like, we're hugging each other. He's smacking my back. Like, I, I know he's going to watch this. My back is fucking bruised because of him. <laughs> <laughs> you thought that my x-ray today was because I slipped during celebrations, right? Yeah. But- I, 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 that would have been a better story than the fact that I just slipped getting up at a desk near work. But um... yeah, Nima texted me this morning <laughs> saying that um, yeah, he's in A and E for an X-ray on his foot, and I was like, "What the fuck was that like?" Celebrating, but even um, I don't think he watches or listens to this. But there's a guy on Twitter called Finn AFC, and uh, I speak to him quite a bit. And I, he was at the game last night, and I messaged him like, "Just like, are you alive?" And uh, let me find his specific reply because it was gold like i just can only imagine what the limbs were like so i, I texted him you alive? There, right yeah in went, Road. wow literally i went are you alive and he went barely i was on the deck for 95 percent of that with people landing on me my legs cut back's gone sides gone arms cut <laughs> oh, wow it must have oh. been chaos out there like i think what it was right and it's funny because people are obviously i've seen a few salty tears this morning um, oh, of course talking about the fact that it was in the 96th minute and 24 seconds or some shite like that but what's funny is even though i say my hope was dwindling in the like 94th minute i think it was i remember there was a moment when they were meant to take like a throw in and like I just didn't see anyone going to get the ball. Like our player had the ball, and, yeah. then, and I did see the ref like touch his watch and I think like, it was make Kabul. it clear that he's adding you time. Know, that. Yeah, yeah. People just ignore the fact that, like, oh, you know. Then they're like, oh, but people waste time in the ninety minutes too. Why is the wasted time and the injury time more important? And I'm like, are you guys seriously crying about this? Like, and it makes me laugh that, like, against Wol- uh, against Wolves on Saturday. They had an extra two minutes, pretty much two and a half minutes. No one said anything about that. 
But when it's yeah. Arsenal, it, oh, of course. And then Arteta getting fucking booked for literally a normal celebration. I like, saw I, um, I saw his um, Carlos Kester. I saw him pulling him back. Like, I saw him. I even like, I saw don't... him run up to Arteta and warn him and be like, "The FA is watching you, PJ." Yeah, so but... he like he got stopped before he even did anything too crazy. Celebration wise, yeah, like, but what, he, he so said, what did he do yes. wrong? Like, what is the he, he's celebrating? Technical? Is that all it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so he, but it's he, by he, by the rules that you're not allowed to celebrate a goal or like what? Apparently I, not these days. Yeah, because I know, I know you're not allowed to go to the opposition uh, the opposition's like uh, touchline area and technical area. Sorry, um, I know you're not allowed to like run on the pitch, but the ground's so fucking small. Like you can't. I I don't get it. I literally do. I mean, not that's get what it. it is. The ground's got like one yard between the technical area and the pitch. Yeah, because you know what I'm like. I, I'm I genuinely like. I am the sort of person that I don't really believe in uh, them against us narratives and this and that. And like, I always try to see the reason in things. But this, I genuinely can't see the reason in that. It's absolutely. Well, Arteta gave a quote, right? So they asked him about it. And he said that, oh, I got booked for celebrating. He goes, and he just literally goes, we scored in the 97th minute. I couldn't stay rooted to my seat if getting up and being happy about the winner is a yellow card, then it's a yellow card. Yeah. So he was like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> and, just... and the end of the day, they were going to always give him the suspension for the third yellow at some point. Yeah, true. They were they were going to find any reason at some point to do it, right? Thank God he misses the Villa game on the touchline, not the Liverpool game at Hampshire. That's what well, you say that. I, just, I wish it was neither because I think Villa away is tough. And uh, I wish it was like a... a a game like Wolves at home or a, an, an easier home game, but it is what it is. But Wait, you're going to love this. Just a couple of shout-outs quickly. I was just going to say, let's so, do yeah. that before we go into the detail. Because there's a funny one here from Bungle where he says, Klopp pulled the hammy going mental when viral Mikel gets banned. <laughs> Literally, it's so <laughs> true. Like, he he gets turned into like viral gifs and uh, Mikel gets banned. It's absolutely mental. Uh, morning Tommy as well Tommy talks Arsenal um, pump from last night's results come on you guys fun police in full effect we have FPL discomfort morning guys uh, Bungle's sharing a story of his celebration at 7am in uh, Tokyo when Rice scored he was on the street watching on his phone and he scared the shit out of a few people as he went nuts celebrating in front of a traffic oh, light I love outside 7-Eleven <laughs> that's a fantastic man. anecdote mate my um my mate that I was watching it with last night, he actually lives in Finsbury Park. Um and I was surprised, like when we scored, like we screamed his fucking flat down, but I didn't really hear many other people, like there's a pub across the road and stuff. So I don't know if it was like a game where if you weren't there physically at Kenilworth Road, you were just in your house with your mates and stuff. But unbelievable, man. Like I fucking live for this shit. This is like my drug. These last minute winners, I'm just Oh, I don't know how we keep doing it. Like, it gets to a point where you do have to say, like, we're not just lucky. This is a team that just finds a way. And I feel like if it's any other old school team like Fergie, you remember the whole catchphrase Fergie time? And like, oh, mm. they just find a way. And then all the cliches of, like, winning mentality, this, that. And uh, I can't remember who it was that tweeted this, but I saw a tweet from someone saying, like, obviously, we score so many in the last minute. Maybe it is a game state that Arteta and the coaching staff focus on like they look for specific ways to actually put yourself in positions where you've got a higher probability of scoring in that game state so who knows i just i just think it's becoming a point where it it, it can't just be a coincidence or luck anymore i genuinely mm. just think we're just we have got that grit in us where we just find a way and we're relentless so unbelievable man 
absolutely we, we obviously maintained like possession for a long time and we were constantly knocking on the door so it did feel like that goal was always coming but i do think you have a point that in those final dying embers something i've noticed and i think i've heard some people talk about this i can't remember who it was unfortunately so sorry to not credit them but they talked about the fact that arteta seems to make a lot of his subs second so yeah. we never if you watch carefully make the subs first no matter what's happening we wait to see what the rival is going to do. I think it was me. I think it was me. Your was it you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was say, yeah. I'm trying to think who it was because I listened to so much Arsenal content. It, it, it probably was you to be fair on one of the shows we were chatting about, right? Yeah. But yeah, he seems to always wait. And based on what they do, he then tweaks something. And I think we saw it again, right? Like I noticed that towards the end of this game, it felt like Havertz was playing as a bit of like a number 10. Yeah, Like he was actually playing as like a traditional number 10 in the position he was. And on top of that, they obviously brought on Carlton Morris, which changed the way they would provide yeah. threat and gave them another option. So I did feel that we almost wait to see what the opposition is going to do. And then we try to find a weakness in that or tweak our system so we can have the best odds of scoring. Yeah, on Havertz, I just want to give him a yeah, shout definitely. out because I think he was, for me, like showing in this game specifically, obviously he's got three goals and three starts now but he's shown to me that like there is something there and I think yeah. we were a lot of us were concerned before about like whether that something would ever come to light yeah I'm starting to feel like the team know how he plays where he will be he knows where his teammates will be like those relationships are building and something you said at the start of the season is that I almost feel like the Havertz needs Jesus to thrive yeah and the times Havertz <laughs> played without Jesus there wasn't that ability for Jesus to be dropping deep. Odegaard's now playing from deep with line-breaking passes. Yep. You've got Havertz up there. If you look at even Jesus's goal, I watched the replay this morning, Clayton, and um, the way Havertz Hav- takes players with him, yeah, he's taken like two, three defenders with him to the near post, and he just leaves Jesus free, basically. Like, yeah. happen, right? So I think if you look back at a lot of our season's goals where Havertz and Jesus are there together or while Havertz has started to find this form, You'll notice Havertz is always in the frame near the goal scorer. He's always somewhere there, like pulling players with him. And I know that's not the only reason we signed him. And I'm glad he's starting to get goals. But I just thought I'd say that for the first time, I feel like I'm not just defending him blindly and saying, oh, yeah, he makes great duels and he (laughs) makes great headers defensively. For once, I actually feel like this could be the Havertz that grows into a man at Arsenal and shows his best. Like, and that's what, it. yeah, and that's what I think for me, it's like minimize the amount you need him to progress the ball and carry the ball and maximize the amount he is running off the ball in offensive areas. And that's what I think, like you look at his goal, it's like the minute it goes into Jesus, he's off, he's in somewhere else. Like you just said, for Jesus's goal, he's dragging someone else away. He's such an intelligent mover. And I think it's pushing him higher up the field because I think he gets kind of... Lot, not lot in that left eight role this season. I don't think he. I think we have to remove this idea of how Jacker played that role because I think yeah. with Jacker it was a lot of kind of going to external areas to create space for someone like Zinchenko to invert. This one is more about his off the ball movement in central areas and pushing him higher and closer to goal. Um, so I think it's. Compl- I think our whole team is evolving in front of our eyes, um, and yeah, we just got to get on board with it and kind of just be open to it uh, and how it's going to go going forward and forget what we knew of last season, to be honest. But uh, what we'll do... Yeah, we've got uh, Plonkers in the chat as well. Morning all. Hey, mate. Hope you're good. Hope you're buzzing after last night. 
But uh, should we go into it? Should we do the usual? Yeah, so... let's go into it. I think Havertz we called out as an individual already. So we'll, we'll kind of yeah, continue so... from there, right? Were there any surprises there? Obviously, Kivior at left back. Yeah, I was going to say, on that? Like, if we go player by player, we'll probably be like four hours today. So let's just do like a few today. But uh, yeah. yeah, lineup came out. And obviously, I think uh, we both predicted Havertz in for Trossard. You did say, even though you didn't go with it in your prediction, you did say you could see a world in where Kivior comes in at left back. I think you said that. Yeah, because I think a lot of... I think, yeah, we, what we were discussing was I didn't feel the partnership of Gabriel Saliba is going to be broken up going forwards. I thought, yeah. like, Gabriel cemented himself since the early season droppings. And I still felt Kivior demands minutes for the level of player he is. And I thought he was ready for later in the season. Just in my opinion. Yeah, I, I felt that as well, you know. I felt like he was the one player in the first half when I watched him. I did actually feel nervous when they were closing him down and pressing him and he had to get the ball away quick. Yeah. He was the only player when he had the ball at his feet in our back line that felt a bit on edge. I don't know if that was just me, but it sounds like you equally weren't too impressed. But Yeah, I, it wasn't more... It wasn't that I found myself on edge when he had the ball. It was just like his decision-making and I didn't think he was good at, like in the actions he had to do. Um I just thought like his pass selection was a bit off. He kind of held on to the ball a bit too long sometimes. So, yeah, I wasn't that impressed. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think he had a game to forget. But I think it's important to get minutes into all their legs, right? We're, we're now in a situation where Timber's obviously out. We're hoping he'll be back soon. Um, it, like, by soon, I mean this season rather than next season. And um, equally, we've got news that Tommy Yasu could be like, obviously, it's not major, it's not a tear, but it sounds like it could be like, you know, four weeks or so, maybe six weeks. So it sounds like he could be out for a while with a strain. So we're kind of running out of defenders. And I think despite how Kivior was, we'd rather that nervousness yesterday in a win that we just about yeah. managed than he comes in cold in February, March when we're deep into the cup runs or league run and he's just as nervous then. I'd yeah. rather he's nervous today he misses out on the weekend. He starts again in the UCL group state. Like, I, I just want him to get as many minutes wherever he can so that when we do need him, those nerves are gone. And I think yeah. it's in the chat. It's uh, Plonka saying, Kivior seemed nervous. So, yeah, like, um, yeah, that, that was my thing. What about Raya? I think it would be remiss to not go to him first because let's talk about the two that we were least impressed with first and then maybe we talk about all the positives from there. So, Raya yeah. was obviously very... I think he will be very disappointed in himself. Um the first goal, so their second goal that he conceded, he went for it, you know, he ran out of goal, didn't beat the attacker, they they managed the header in. Um, that was 50-50, I'd say. Like, it's a bad decision by him. He could, should have done better. If he's going to come out, he's got to get the ball. But I think the third one, where he drops and it just goes between his arms and body, that was the one where I was like, oh my God. So the I, second um... one I wasn't so concerned about. I disagree on the second one. I think that's pathetic. I think that's really, really poor. Like, would you have stayed on the line, or is it pathetic? No, that's that's your area. It? Yeah, your mm. that is your area as a goalkeeper. Um, I was really disappointed in him. And to be honest, it's something that so as everyone will know, well, people that have listened and watched for a long time and know me personally, I uh, was very open to a Ramsdale upgrade. I'm not sure. I think Raya is making more mistakes at a consistent level than Ramsdale did, to be honest. Sure, like what he gives us on the ball in terms of the way he slows down the game and the tempo and is 
distribution and pass selection is good, I'm not sure the errors that he's bringing have enough. I'm not sure if his game has enough upside to offset the errors that are coming with him, to be mm. honest. Like, I think that was really bad. And uh, I'll be honest, like I love Arteta. I think he's best thing since sliced bread, but I don't think he's handled this well. And I think he's being a little bit of a hypocrite with it. Um, because if that's mm. an outfield player, they're dropped in the next game. Uh, and I know Ramsdale didn't pull up any trees at Brentford, but if we're... What do you think about his quote after he... He's, it seems like it's, when he was asked about Ramsdale in the previous game, he just talked about the team. It seems he's now it, consistent with doing that what, about Raya as well. That did make me laugh. Like, you can tell he's just got, like, a Bible of quotes. And it's like, when, uh, like, you know, if, then, when. If asked about yeah. goalkeeper, say this. Like. <laughs> he's like, what, what do you think about Raya's mistakes? I am so, so happy for the yeah. team. <laughs> it's like, how did Raya do? Oh, I'm so, so happy for the team. <laughs> and then it's like, did you speak to Raya? Yes, I spoke to the whole team. The boys are <laughs> celebrating. I'm so, so happy. And I, I just... At least he's like, consistent it, it does on that. Yeah, yeah, it makes me like, at least he's not like playing favourites in that sense. One thing before the game that I think was quite telling, and this was before Raya's mistakes, he... I just don't see a world in which Arteta gives a shit about the England national team or Ramsdale's oh, yeah, no. feelings. Cool. So there's a lot of talk about Ramsdale going on loan in January making sure he can get a Euro spot. I don't think Mikel gives a damn. I think all he cares about is Arsenal winning things. Yeah. And getting rid of Ramsdale mid-season, should Raya continue to not to, to have these it's shaky moments? not in the moments. best interest of Arsenal football yeah, club, is it? No. Exactly. Like, imagine Raya has some shaky moments where he gets an injury. Are you seriously going to have, you know, are you not going to beat yourself up if you then go on to completely capitulate at the end of the season, having let Ramsdale go on loan? And like that happens, Raya goes out yeah. of form or he gets injured. So I just don't see it. Like obviously, fair play to Aaron. Like I know he wants to go, but maybe wanting to be in the Euro squad can give him the drive to just push Raya all but the way there's in an training and fight here for his for place back. There yeah. is an opportunity. Well, we say that we don't know. Like if um, <clears throat> yeah, we don't know if Ramsdale does well in training. Like we, it could just be that Arteta and the coaching staff have they're wedded to the idea. Raya's the number one. That's it. But if it's being done fairly and Arteta has publicly said we've got two number ones, Aaron Ramsdale deserves another chance based on Raya's showing so far. Um, Aaron, uh, FPL Plonkers, said uh, he's got no concerns on Raya yet personally, still fully expecting him to settle down over time. I agree over time. I personally have concerns right now because I think if you're making that many mistakes, I, yeah, that's a concern for me. Um, and yeah, I stand by don't think Ramsdale was making this many <laughs> errors as frequently. Um, but in terms of individual performances, obviously feel free to add more on the keeper situation. But I think let's leave the individuals because I think looking at the individuals that I think we'll cover, we'll probably cover that naturally when we talk about the state yeah, of the game true. anyway. Um, yeah. Is before there anything else before we talk about the game, I just thought I'd say thank you to everyone who's here this morning. Um, we actually gone over 10 concurrent live viewers, so double digits. We appreciate the support in these early hours of Wednesday, celebrating with us. If you do enjoy yeah, the show, everyone's or... working from home and doing no yeah. work, just rewatching every bit of Arsenal content. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch so much Arsenal content before we play Villa this weekend. My God, um, but yeah, guys, um, please do leave a like button if you enjoyed the episode. Uh, show us some support; it would really mean a lot. Um, 
And yeah, I think just talking about the game in general then. So just how one do you thing feel to about add as well, thing? if there are people that are new, we're, uh, we're 10 subscribers away from 200. So that would be our, our Christmas present if we could ask for one to get to 200 before Christmas. So if you like it, um, yeah, please give the stream a like and hit that subscribe button. Yeah, please. Like if we can get to 200 by Christmas, it will make us very happy. Um, and we might even... We'll announce it later, but we might even do a little giveaway for the viewers at some point yeah. to celebrate the milestone as well. So we'd be keen to get that out there. Um, unfortunately, 200 will not be assigned Declan Rice jersey, but <laughs> but there will be something. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go look at the uh, match stats from uh, Markov stats from Twitter, of course. Um, it looks good on paper, right? Like, But then it shows you how bad we were to concede three goals when Luton's so the, XG was just 0.73. Yeah, so this is my summary of the game. So for, for the podcast listeners, just to read out, uh, so the stats of the game according to Mark, our stats model was a XG of 2.67 uh, for us and theirs was 0.73. <clears throat> Excuse me, expected threat, we had 2.16 to their 0.82. Possession, like I predicted, I thought it would be high, 66.5 to their 33.5. Phil Tilt FC, like I said, I thought that would be high as well. Excuse me, 76.9 to their 23.1. And then defensive action height, 51.2 to 43.7. And the way I see this game is very simple. <clears throat> we were good. Like, we nullified, uh, fair enough, their set piece was really wor well worked. But we gifted them two goals and we created enough to score four. You roll the if you resim this game based on those stats a hundred times, we win this game 98 times comfortably, two, three, nil, or one. Like, I am so happy with what I saw yesterday. I went full on pep arteta that I'm so happy, but um, <clears throat> I just thought we control like it's a tough place to go, and I think I was probably a bit arrogant going there to be honest. But we went there and we completely played them off the parking periods and then unfortunately the game state fluctuated so much but essentially we just gifted them two goals you you don't score four goals in a premier league game and come away lucky often like sure the way it panned out it was a last minute winner but i think people are really overlooking the fact that we literally gifted them two goals and they didn't really create anything i want to say fair play their set piece was well worked like good goal hats off to them but other than that nothing really came from them making us vulnerable and offensively the last two games have been encouraging um and i just think it's one of those where yeah like i say if you rerun that game a hundred times we win that like between 90 and 98 times so i thought it was really good yeah what do you think about so just something that i found interesting was no one held the lead for very long at all so when you look yeah. at our first goal uh, they equalized i think we were leading for about five minutes and then they equalized yeah and then then we went ahead just before half time, but that lead was only four minutes, I think. Yep, it was. Then, and then, and then they went ahead a few minutes after that, but then their lead was only three minutes. So it was yeah. like five minute lead, four minute lead, three minute lead, and then it was equal all the way to the ninety fifth minute. But it was just a bit of a nuts game. So as Tommy says as well, um, in the ninety third minute, we had had forty eight touches in their box compared to their seven. I did think it was wild that they had four shots on target, three goals. Yeah. It, it, like, that just showed how, 
like as much as our attack seems to be purring again, we're finding fluidity, something we've been looking for all season. Our defense <clears throat> was definitely shocking in this game. Um, but See, I, I don't think I our think, defense was shocking. Well, I don't think it was shocking, but I, what I'm trying, I, I guess maybe we underestimated them. Now, when yeah. we look at it on the reverse, <clears throat> reverse obviously, um, you know, Spurs went there and barely scraped that win, like they dominated and just about won. There was an offside goal for Luton in that game, I believe, or a foul was called on the Luton player who scored the goal, so it didn't count. But it was fucking tough for them, right? Like Udogi yeah. dived, or whoever it was, Basuma, I think, dived to get a second yellow from desperation of not scoring more. So that was Spurs' experience there. That was tough for them. Liverpool equalised in the 95th minute. Yeah, 95th minute. Like This is not an easy place to go. And one thing I'm really happy about is that Mikel Arteta's army are breaking bad records this season. They're killing them off. So these like 30 years we've not won at Kenilworth Road. If we hadn't won yesterday, Clayton, imagine Luton get relegated and they don't come back up for 30 years. Uh, the see, next I time we see these bastards up in 60 about, years. I don't no, no, but, but I do. Like I do. No, no, I care about it's records irrelevant. like... No, no, I care about records like we've not won at Spurs for seven years or we've not won at City for eight years. We've not won at United for nine years. Like, yeah, but they're I in want the league. Boys to get rid of them. haven't been in the league for like 11 years. I think it's so... I get, yeah. I get that, but say they're then out the league, this was our only game chance to get rid of that. So what I'm saying is that I feel that this team has the mentality to get rid of every negative record, yeah. even if it's a novelty record like that one where they've not even been in the league for 20 of those 30 yeah. years or more. Yeah, I, I, I didn't give a shit about stuff like that. Mine is just like fucking win three points and help us win the league. That is it. Like, yeah, the the Spurs-Chelsea City ones I care about because that's something that is... Yeah, th- th- those are but... serious because you're like, we play them every bloody year. Yeah, We but... need to win at their stadiums. Like, to be, it was something that, to be honest, pre-match, it was winding me up the amount of people I saw mentioning that. I was like... He's literally got zero fucking relevance. I thought it was like a joke. If anyone was saying it seriously, then they need to get their head checked, I think. <laughs> but, um, yeah, in terms of the game, though, like you, the one thing I, I do agree with is, yeah, I think I completely... <sighs> it's an interesting one, because I was going to say I completely underestimated them, but I don't think I did, because the game, other than the two mistakes, the game went as I thought it would. I thought, on the ball, we were a different universe to them. Like, the way we popped it around they couldn't get close to us in periods and again you look at the stats like if you just forget the scoreline and forget how the game went if Mm. someone just woke up from a coma and they looked at this statistically they're like oh it's fucking domination and yes it was it was just that like you said the state of the game fluctuated so much because of the goals and uh, i guess that's the best thing to do right now should we do what we usually let's talk about the goals go 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 yeah let's go goal by goal yeah, let's do uh, goal by goal. Um, so how are you feeling in the that. lead up? Yeah, sure. How are you feeling in the lead up to the first one? So obviously we, we got the goal on the 20th minute. It came from a clever bit of work. Uh, Kaminsky kicked the ball out for a throw. Jesus goes, picks up the ball. Saka does a little clever uh, I love that because I was thinking to myself that they really took the opportunity there that throwing can't be offside. And yeah. just like he almost, the feint made the opposition think that in their mind, they're obviously still thinking, well, he's offside. Because like, just in that split second, even for that millisecond, you're not thinking, oh, they're going to take a quick throw in and this offside position might benefit him because then he'll run back in and out and weave me around. And we actually tried to do a similar throw in later towards the end to try and get the winner, if you notice. I don't know if you saw it. I but can't remember that, to be honest. There was a period <laughs> where we didn't know where to throw it and it was an injury time, I think. And a few of the players started like doing that Saka darting in and out near the right. byline. 
and then we threw the ball over to them, but it didn't quite... I think Odegaard ended up getting it. He then pulled it back and tried to swing it in someone, but it didn't quite work out. But we realised that they switch off on those. So yeah. we tried it a second time. Um, I re- love that. And, reminded- and Martinelli, that was, I was so happy for him just because I know he's only had one league goal before this, this season, yeah. but he's been <laughs> instrumental to the way we play the last few games since he came yep. back. And I just don't think the output's been there. So it's kind of not been ideal. But what he does for us is like pivotal to Mikel Arteta's team. Like what he does defensively and work rate wise off the ball. I think that's like key to you the way can't we play replace game. That. Yeah. What he does in the team is unique. Like there's no one else who can do what he does. Like yeah. I know Saka on the other wing is fantastic and Saka probably has better creativity. But Martinelli, he just does a job. So I think the reason yeah. he's not been scoring is because his job is more than that. He has this huge list of tasks he needs to do yeah. to rattle the opposition. And, you know, he turns defenders inside out the way he runs at them. Um, so I was very happy for Martinelli. Yeah, I, I'm so really happy for him. I, but a great uh, that, goal. Great that goal. throw on, like, I know it's different, but it reminded me a lot of, uh, you remember Watford away when Arteta gave it to, I think it was Cedric at right back. He played it so quick out to Saka, Saka to Odegaard. And then... Uh, yeah, I can't remember how the rest of that went, but I just remember it was that quick throw. It's just very sharp, right? It's like yeah. just being sharp enough to take that advantage, that that one percent advantage. Yeah, and that that's what like yeah. So that obviously goes in. Saka cuts it back, like you said. Uh, well, who was it that dragged? Some, I can't remember who was it that dragged someone away for that goal. But um, Martinelli obviously cuts it in nicely, and we're one nil up. And I'm thinking, ah, right, here we go, because uh, first twenty minutes was us. It was a it was a really small pitch and you could see that like i actually thought given how small the pitch was we were very good at maximizing it i thought the mm. way we were popping it around and trying to create space and dragging them out and moving them around because that, there were times where they thought they had us boxed and we would keep finding the extra man and i thought it was really clever um unfortunately i think because of the way the game went and the two uh, silly goals we gave away and it being a last minute winner I actually think we're going to get overlooked with some of our actual positional play in this game I actually thought it was really good in periods but anyway 1-0 uh, thinking oh here we go yeah nice and chill and then a corner <laughs> comes in and uh, also scores do you have any thoughts on that I know Martinelli was kind of tracking him and it went over yeah it felt like Bryson. he kind of lost his runner yeah it looked like Martinelli didn't stick to his man but yeah, I think it was Osho's first goal. Obviously, he's a defender, so you'd, maybe you don't expect him to be such a threat. Um, but I do think it was just a very well-taken set piece Same. by them. So unlike the other two goals they scored where I blame us, I, even though Martini could have kept with his man, I just think you've got to say credit to the to the players from Luton for that set-piece routine because yeah. I think over half of their goals this season have been from set-pieces. So oh, really? that is like a strength of theirs. It's not like, oh, they just happen to be lucky. Like, nearly... like They're one of the only teams in the league, I think, that have less open-play goals than set-piece goals. So, oh, like, wow. they're very good at these set-pieces. Um, yeah, they're very good at them. So yeah, I was I, the same as you, to be fair. I just thought it was one of the... Like, yeah, sure, he probably could have done a little bit better, but hats off to him fair play well worked goal um and then obviously uh in between that and the second goal we're kind of trying to find our way back in we're moving the ball popping it around and i think the second goal jesus has said i absolutely loved it the way like rice passes it out to white white into saka odegaard's so clever where he drifts into space and this is what i was saying in the preview right him facilitating deeper is what unlocks space elsewhere because people have to go to him 
And then it gives space for White, Saka, uh, Havertz now in this system. Uh, and I thought that was so clever where Odegaard was positioned. But Saka then plays it through to White. And I don't know what it was about that ball. I Aesthetically, it was just so beautiful. And the way it was just looping, looping, looping. Like you said, Havertz dragged people away. And it was basically an open goal. Like, I can't... It was like he, he landed on his head. Like, it was just... Yeah. But was the timing as well. Like, I actually watched, like, Jesus took a step back, then ran forward to build up speed. So it was almost like he, he, he timed it so that he saw Havertz going in, who was dragging the two players with him. And Jesus stepped away from the goal and that more of them focused on Havertz. And then he ran straight in. Oh, and I didn't notice that. Fair play. Yeah, so when I watched that kind of shimmy movement of Jesus just going one step back and then bang, sprinting forward, I was like, okay, these guys, the chemistry is really building here. But White's ball, that delivery, I was so impressed. It was just the way it dips in, yeah. Like, it was just... It was like it was kind of just like... It was like a like playing on a playground with your friends. Like, you're just trying some cool trick or some new technique. Like... I was like, oh damn, Ben, you've uh, you're a lot better attacking wise this season. You're getting better by the week. <laughs> I think it was just it was like the deft way he dinked it in into the area where it was literally a free header that close to goal. I, like, I think again, un- underrated. And he was action, running fast was... as well. Like, yeah. It wasn't like he did it from standstill, like from a free kick. You know what I mean? Like with a run up and loads of time. He did that like while sprinting at full speed trying to get past his man. So I was very impressed by that. I'm very happy for Jesus because he's someone else who I think our team is so much better with him. And he is the signing, I think, that kick-started the entire revolution of yeah. this gener- like this period of the Mikel Arteta squad. So like when you look at the season before last, before Jesus and Zinchenko came, like, we were a different team. Lacazette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, we were a different team. Like now with Jesus... People forget, I think, how good he was in the pre-World Cup period of last season yeah. before the injury. And even when he came back towards the end of last year or like the start of this season, he was injured. I think people just underestimate how much he raises our level yeah. because he brings out the best in everyone else. But equally, I then feel bad when I'm like, everyone thinks he's not a goal scorer. My he's not guy a goal is scorer. Like, but, that... but, but, but I think so when he does get a goal... I'm like yeah. happy for him because I'm like people see him as not a goal scorer and they only look at everything else he does. You could say Jesus is world class at everything apart from goal scoring, right? I yeah, think so. I agree, but in this like this is why I agree. I think we need another center forward, but it's more to add to the versatility of what we have as a group. I think Jesus is one of the best number nines you can have for this Arsenal system. And you look at the way it's progressing and you look at how Arteta is trying to use a Havertz type profile as more of a second striker drifting in spaces. That is tailor made for a Jesus. Like, I don't want him to be a focal point number. When I say, like, because he, he basically is a focal point inadvertently, but I don't want him to be like a. 25 goal a season striker because I know that will take away from what he gives us overall as the facilitator in the final third and again, I could yeah well said because I, I think he's become like too underrated and I think Pete just appreciate him for what he is and what and forget what he is you, you know what it is it's it's, it's um it's spreadsheet wankers so like <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just being real. he says with xg on the sh- on the screen <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah spreadsheet wankers man like they're looking at xg underperformance variance finishing and i'm like that's all well and good bro but 
I'm pretty sure when we did the kind of summer episode when Jesus signed, I'm pretty sure my guy has like the best minutes per goal contribution ratio in like the entire Premier League in like the last 20 years, like compared to like literally anyone who's played anywhere near the minutes he has. So like he's up there for returns as well. I know we laugh about his output, but Look in the Champions League, bro. Like, my guy is constantly yeah, popping Champions up. League like, Jesus is different. Yeah, enough. Champions League Jesus is a real thing. I remember you said that when you look at the XG underperformance in the Prem with him when we signed him, if you actually include the guy's goddamn UCL games for City, it's oh, a comps, it's fine. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he looks fine. So I think people just fixate too much on, like, one metric in one competition, playing at right wing for City, a second-choice striker. Like, yeah, he is our main man. He's the one who told our players we need to try and win the league, and they laughed at him. Yeah. He brings a mentality our players did not have before his arrival, and I just love him so much. I do Same. think we do need a striker yeah, as well to supplement him, but I think that will be next summer rather than this uh, January mm mainly because of obviously party. I just do not think... I, I will be fuming if we go into the end of a third season relying on party to stay fit for our ambitions and hopes and dreams. If we've not learned from this mistake, he fucking disappeared when we needed a top four. He fucking disappeared when we needed a title. No. I will be fuming <clears throat> if we do not buy a central midfielder to protect Declan Rice right now because yeah, we, I think, to be honest, we, yeah, we need someone there. Like I'd love the striker, but you're not going to get the striker you want in January. In my opinion. No, I think a defender is more of a priority. To be honest, I think a defender is. Well, I'm sure, like if we have time, we'll do Q and A, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, so anyway, going back to the, the state of the game. So yeah, 2-1 up just before halftime. Lovely assist from White. Great goal from Jesus. Come out halftime. And again, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah we got these. 2-1. We'll, we'll go and pop them off now. And then they get a fucking corner. Um, and it's a really good delivery by Alfie Dirty, who uh, me and my mate, like this is going to sound horrible, but me and my mate were um, actually, when we were watching the game, uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, so say my, hi um, to Bobby in the chat. Sorry, just my arrived. screen has just gone black, but I don't know what has going on. That's happened uh, to me before. We can still hear you, though, and you're moving. You, okay. It might be frozen on your it's side. probably my HDMI cable. But um, So I guess you can't see the screen, but you... Yeah, you are. As long as you can hear me, that's chill. Yeah, we can hear you. You seem to okay, be... Fine. Yeah, you seem to be good. So, um, yeah, what I was saying was uh, me and my mate, I, this is a horrible comment, but we were just looking at Alfie um, Doherty and we just said, he just looks like the kind of guy that will be shit. <laughs> he just just looks like a bit of a pub player. But um, anyway, he, he put in a great delivery and um, obviously Adebayo got the better of Raya. Uh, I saw a few people saying, could Rice have done better? Uh, I actually thought Rice did the best he could. Like, that guy's just a fucking powerhouse. Um, I thought Rice tracked him every second of the way. And then when it gets to that area... That's where I believe Raya has to do a lot better. But I know you said you weren't too disheartened by that. or yeah, Well, I, I think it was bad. If that was the only mistake, I'd be focused on it. But because the following mistake for the third goal, I just felt that was even worse. Yeah. Because like for me, like there wasn't really... I didn't see any power in that shot. And he still went to ground after it had already <laughs> gone past him. So I'm thinking, like, I know it was close to him. Maybe he didn't have time to react. But I'm like, it just... The replay looks so bad for that third goal, the way it goes between his arms and body, like in that tiny gap. And I was just like, nah, man, this is poor. But the second one was poor too. Um, I do think it was the right decision to come out for it. Um, But yeah, like if you're going to make that decision to come out and claim the ball, you have to do better. Um, 
if yeah. he'd stayed on his line, maybe he couldn't have saved it. Maybe he could, so we'll never know. But I just feel the third goal's mistake was worse for me personally. But they're both pretty shocking yeah. errors but... to make. Like, you know, the rating you saw, I know the ratings on the <coughs> score apps aren't exactly great, but it's actually the lowest score. It's the lowest score of a goalkeeper this season in the Prem in Is any match. On FOTMOB? Not the FOTMOB oh, one, but there's oh, another one. Where I, I four. saw who scored's one was 4.10, and yeah. um, they said that was the worst one. Yeah, but on FOTMOB, they gave him fucking 3.3. 3. 3.3, yeah. You know, it was bad, mate. It was bad. That's all I know. So both those incidents were horrendous, if you ask me. Um, I just thought the third was worse than the second. But that's the yeah. only thing. Well, let's get on to it. So obviously, that was the 49th minute that they had that corner. Uh, and then in the 57th minute, they went ahead. And do you know, you spoke earlier about Martinelli's defensive work, right? I actually think, okay, so Barkley wiggles his way through. I think Odegaard should have done better with the tackle. Barkley then did a, it was a really good pass into the central area. I forgot who it went to, but Rice almost gets a toe on it. And again, is like I know he didn't get it, but his anticipation of where the next action is going, he, he he knew where it was going. He just didn't quite get there. But then Barkley's in some space, right, on the left and our right. And I think Saka needs to be going back and getting him there. He just kind of left him, if I'm being completely honest. I think Saka should have been tracking him there. But then anyway, the ball comes to Barkley, gets shown on his left, and like he's that's pathetic keeping, man. Like that's just basics. Like that is something Barkley that will be used. happy. That's Pardon? his first goal against Arsenal. I don't think he ever scored against us when he played for Everton. Oh, really? It was his birthday yeah. as well. But um, that is it just something that, as a goalkeeper, I think that is nine times out of ten, you should not only be stopping that, but you should be collecting it and then redistributing the ball. Um, so, yeah. That... Oh, do you know who it was? I think I know who the pass was to. <laughs> Tommy says it in the chat. Um, it oh, was Andrew bloody um, <laughs> fucking Tot- Tottenham graduate academy graduate. Of course, it was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that that obviously goes in, and we're three two down. And uh, how were you feeling in that moment? Yeah, like I still felt fine. Like I yeah. honestly still felt. You know, I, I just thought, look, like these are two mistakes in quick succession. We've got thirty minutes of the game to go. We're fine. I wasn't confident of the win at this stage, but I was confident we could at least come back into it for a point. Sure. <clears throat> but I was pretty angry and disappointed about how it had happened and how we missed the opportunity to just control the game after sneaking in the kind of second goal to go ahead before half time to come out and to have them get two in quick succession like that. First yeah. 15 minutes of the second half. I was not impressed by us at all no. with that. But well, I just had belief you... still. Well, that's the thing. You say you had belief, but you weren't quite feeling at the time that we would have the win but then that whole that all changed three minutes later right because yeah uh, three minutes. Saka lumps it forward Jesus again like this is what remember I said this ages ago like when people say we need a, a focal point and stuff he is so strong in the way he manhandles defenders for his size and he does really well to compete there when Saka lumps it forward and Havertz it's the the timing and like the triggers that he goes on that's so clever because the minute it lands in the air where Jesus can pass it, that's when he's gone and he pivots around the defender and he's 1v1 and he just pokes it past him. I thought that I was, was such shocked by the, I was just shocked because, like, like, the way Jesus backed into the box waiting for the hoof ball from Saka to arrive, <laughs> took it down. And as you say, the timing, there was two defenders <clears> in the way and he just does this, like, cute pass. It was like, he just, like, the, the way yeah. he passed it was just... It was that place like a little FIFA, death man. Touch. Yeah, it was. Like, it was. Yeah, the death touch. It's actually just pressed like some kind of finesse 
L1 and triangle. Shit, like, in, yeah, yeah L1 is just like, dink, and then it just lands, <laughs> bounces one step in front of the fucking defender, chasing it on. And Havertz has no right to get there first and score that. So yeah. I was very happy for him as well to get the equaliser because it was an important goal. I know he's actually contributed to a lot of important goals. He he had the assist for the, was it the City game as well? For hey, Martinelli's hey, goal? Oh. Yeah, no, no, so Havertz, oh. I mean. Havertz. Oh, right. So I was happy for him oh, yeah, score because yeah, I feel like yeah, he's actually been involved in either equalising or going ahead. Whether he's the scorer or the assister or the hockey assister. Yeah. He has been involved in most of the important goals or assists in most of our big games. And is that so three and four for him now? Yeah, at three and three starts. Three and yeah. four games, three and three starts. Not so I'm very happy for him to crack on from there. But no, that was fantastic. And just Jesus, I think he had a fantastic game. So I do think he was like man of the match levels. For me, it was yeah. between him and Havertz. But Jesus just, he spoils us, man. He spoils us so it's much. So good. But um, yeah, it was, again, a point you made earlier. So obviously it's free all at this point, right? And you're thinking, OK, what's what's Arteta going to do? But like you said, he uh, he reacts to what the opposition do. So uh, Luton then made a triple sub. So they took off Adebayo, Brown and Townsend and they brought on Morris Chong and Ogbené. Uh, and then literally two minutes after that, we took off Kivior and Martinelli for Zinchenko and Trossard. And uh, I, I liked the Zinchenko move. Trossard, I thought he was quite poor when he came on. I thought technically he wasn't quite up to it. And I thought his decision-making was a little bit off. I don't don't know what you thought. I may be being harsh there, but I didn't think he was good when he came on. Yeah, I thought thought there was a few moments that he showed moments, but yeah, he he didn't quite... I I don't know if it was the game state itself. Like we were just desperate and we were almost like overdoing those last actions. But yeah, I, I didn't see anything that like made me think that he was at his best. No, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I wasn't too impressed by it. It was one of the, like, I'm sure it was driven because of fatigue purposes more than needing a Trossard instead of a Martinelli. But to be fair, like the Trossard point, I, I just wanted your opinion on it because I, I said it to my mate I was watching with, with and um, he thought he was poor as well. But yeah, to I don't one, remember because now that you mention it, I can't think of anything. It's just that very I saw specific him, things like pass selection and like misplaced passing and okay, misplaced passing might be harsh because it was just decision making and I felt like he was in the mm. wrong areas and stuff. But to be honest, once we made the subs, it was just one way traffic and that's when it felt like Saka and Odegaard in particular, they really stepped up and it just felt like even though it wasn't infinite chances coming in terms of the threat and the areas in which we were playing it just felt wave after wave after wave and I thought this was where you know what I said about uh, against Wolves Erdegaard was just dropping deep he was facilitating um, and we were playing through him that's exactly what we were doing um, and then there, there was one chance that sticks in my mind was um, I can't remember specifically when it was but someone crossed it in I think it was Inchenko it was almost like a similar move to the Wolves goal where like we kind of did a one-two around the left and he dinked it and Havertz had a header, but he kind of just misjudged it and it went over. I remember the keeper still had to get a hand on just in case like yeah, it was going in, I, but it didn't look like it was. I thought he should have put... I thought, that I thought he should have put on target. Yeah. yeah. I think he could have got that to go down a bit. It, it did feel like he missed that opportunity there. I was worried yeah. that was going to be the one we look back on and be like, damn, that was our moment to win. Yeah, same. But then, fortunately, not. Time's going on. Time's going on. Luton make a double sub in the 88th minute, and then it gets to added time. The clock goes up. It's six minutes, and uh, oh my god! <laughs> like, 
<laughs> which is we're poking it around. Odegaard passes it out to Zinchenko. Zinchenko does well to cut it back. Odegaard has a quick look, crosses it in, and Declan fucking Rice, like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe it. Still. Just the limbs, man. Like the celebrations, like are so happy. I, I couldn't believe it, but and for it to be Rice. Yeah, we keep saying like we. Sh- I'm at the stage now where I'm like, we should have just given West Ham another hundred mil. Forget twenty mil extra, mate. Like <laughs> he is unbelievable. Like he's he's a freak. And I, I actually thought this would this shows the standard of him. Like if you take away his goal, which I know you can't do when you're assessing a player, but I actually thought he was just like good this game. Like he just kind of did what was needed, but. That's the thing. His good is just 7 out of 10. And that's almost because of the level he's been playing at. I'm at the stage where a 7 out of 10 is just like, okay. <laughs> and yeah, I thought this was like one of his games where he wasn't as influential kind of on and off the ball because he probably didn't need to be. But when he then steps up like that, he's, he's just got it all. And Arteta even dropped in his um, interview. He's got aura. <laughs> I, I think he honestly does. Obviously, he was a young captain before he came. I think you know, we've had a Dan FPL Feller on the show before when we yeah. previewed the West Ham game last season. And, you know, he's been banging on this drum for years that Declan Rice is world-class. And yeah. a lot of people just didn't appreciate that. Maybe they didn't watch West Ham play as much. So now that he's I kind definitely of like Arsenal... didn't realise how... Yeah, I didn't appreciate how... my hands up. Like, I knew he was good. Um, I had no idea he could settle like this, this easily and just literally zero adjustment time like yeah. he's playing against opponents in the league that he's been playing his whole career are there like, any other big ready. money are there any other big money signings like this in the premier league that you can remember that have just the only one that comes to mind is van dyke for me that have just yes, like, i think from a defensive point of view yeah i'd say Haaland last season obviously oh, but of course. i think that's a whole different like yeah I, I don't even count on him i don't think he's human so yeah he's just a and also universe. that was like <laughs> that was 60 mil or something right like it wasn't that well yeah great. well that that's what they say really it was like 500 mil the agent got 70 million yeah. mil Haaland's on like 800k a week at city <laughs> secretly like it's all fucked mate it's just yeah. add it on 116th charging or you know like <laughs> it is what it is but no i think that the, the numbers of that deal it would be naive to believe there was a number that was put to the media that's a load of rubbish but um yeah i think declan rice i want to go one step further than just talking about signings and say is it unreasonable of me this early on in his Arsenal kind of career to say that I think he's the signing of the Emirates era, the best signing of the entire Emirates Stadium era? I don't think that's naive at all. I, I think so, quite comfortably as well. I would never normally no. say that like this early <laughs> on. And I loved Sanchez. Like I thought he was the most exciting attacker to watch. I, I, like he was one of the few players I got a shirt with Alexis Seven on. Like I idolized him. It broke my fucking heart when he left. Right, and Ozil the day he signed from Madrid. Yeah, and you know, like the bail money <laughs> that Madrid needed to spend on and Spurs. The, the Arsene Wenger famous smile the day before when we beat Tottenham. Yeah, man. Like it's just th- those two. I think so. I, t- I think it's fair to say Ozil and Sanchez were up there. They were like, regardless of how it ended, when they came, they were the Ozil one was fucking huge. Yeah, okay? like it was like well, like, it was like it was like where were you in the world when this happened? Yeah, every Arsenal fan remembers hearing that news for the first time um, on deadline day. But Rice already just a few games in. I feel like 
this is the type of player that wins you titles. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like when we like got... those players were great, but did we win titles? No. With yeah, this guy, cups, I think right? we will. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think we can win titles with this guy. I think the way I would kind of summarize it is I feel like when we got Alexis and Ozil, they were very like entertainment and flair type players that were at the top of their game. And they were like, I don't want to describe them as luxury players, but they weren't going to be players that would single-handedly drive you to a whole new level. Declan Rice feels like, in terms of personality, I wouldn't say he had that kind of flair around his name when you were linked with him. Obviously, it was a British transfer record, but it's just more that that is the fulcrum of a team that you've come in to be your nucleus and he's going to elevate everyone to a whole level. And that's where I think it's a whole different ball game signing. And I think in his period at Arsenal, he will be looked back at as the nucleus that then elevated us to go. I, I really think under Arteta and this regime with him working with Edu and the Cronkies are backing them and the club is just one voice a signing like Declan Wright, I think we are going to win the major titles in the next few years. I really do. And, uh, yeah, I, I, really, I really think so. And I think you're right. Your, your point makes a really good point. So I think maybe not luxury players, but what I would say about Alexis yeah, I can't think of Ozil. another word. Like, yeah, so what I thought was more, they were like they were like the final man. It was like, yeah. they were like, they're, they're the type of signings where I felt like they're your final piece of the puzzle to go and win. But if the rest of the team is fucked, they're not going to win it on their own. Mm-hmm. So they were exactly. like the final piece of a puzzle that you already... Let's say in a year or two from now, let's say next summer we sign Mbappe, that's the type of like they would have the last yeah. win for years. But it just didn't work out like that. Rice is like the glue for like the puzzle he for the creates, next few years. For, for, and then in a few years' time, then you bring in the next Ozil Sanchez yeah. style type signing. Rice, they is, the like la- the guy Rice is the layer of the cake. Like, and then you get the attackers that are the cherry on top. No, I'm not taking this bongo. He he's well, saying that. Talking of best signings of the Emirates era, what's the worst? Calstrom has to be up there. I am uh, not my guy's penalty, that, bro. Bro, yeah, exactly. What do you <laughs> mean? I know we signed him with a broken back, but he was ready to come in and win that FA Cup with a penalty, bro. Like he came in for the one moment, the loan fee paid for. There are look, we have a guy who asked one. RVP for his fucking jersey at half time in the tunnel at Old Trafford. So yeah, if you're talking about worst, I will put that one there. I'm not we, even um... naming. We should do that as an episode one day. Best and worst Best Emirates and worst. era 11s. You're going to get quote retweeted by the fucking player that we cast. You're going to see like a Bentner's going to quote retweet you and be like, these XG virgin said I'm a poor player. <laughs> and then we're going to get piled in on by his fanboys, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, football Twitter is all about. We love it. I know. Yeah, let's uh, let's keep it moving. So, yeah, uh, let's just keep going. We'll fi- go to the next final, final couple slides was uh, just this one I wanted to... um add in again I, I obviously put this in for the Wolves one and it was just because on the eye what I noticed in the Wolves game before I saw any data was I felt that we weren't progressing the ball through Rice as much and Odegaard was being more of a facilitator in the early phases and um, Rice got on the ball a lot more in this game but again it was Odegaard he was dropping and in periods he was the number six in where he was picking up the ball and Rice was moving into other phases and zones to create space for him so um that's a really clever tactical tweak that I've seen that um, Arteta has obviously looked at as the solution to get around the deep blocks. And I think that's, I, I feel comfortable playing against deep blocks now with Jesus and Odegaard in the team and Odegaard playing this deeper role. 
and arriving into the box later. I think the space it creates is so clever. So I just wanted to include that again because um, no, especially like that, that last half hour, scene. he he really stepped it up. He um he was brilliant in that last half hour. I thought as we were going for the win. Do you want to add anything Kamin- on that before we do some saying, questions? K- K- yeah, Kaminsky just he he's an interesting one because oh, I think right, he's yeah. a good goalkeeper. Um, like he's someone who I think is underappreciated because of just he's obviously he's a very busy goalkeeper. Yeah, I think he's the kind of goalkeeper where I could see a top club coming in for him in the next few years. Like he genuinely, when I watch him, like he looks very assured of himself. He looks very comfortable and other than when just, he kicked it out yeah. for the throw. But <laughs> yeah, that that was a shaky moment. But you know, we we just said our own goalkeeper like gave them two goals and Allison's been looking shaky. He's the best keeper in the league, right? I just think goalkeepers is difficult, man. You make a mistake. Most of the time that mistake is a goal conceded and a loss. Every other position on the field, if you fucking accidentally pass the ball as a striker to the wrong opponent, it's not going to always end up in the back of your own net, right? I think goalkeepers is such a, you must have some serious mentality to be able to be a goalkeeper because every mistake is so scrutinized and so, costly to your team yeah it's so true yeah should we should we do we're yeah let's do coming going. up to the hour mark should we do some questions before we get yeah we've got a few comments do you want to just start on the first ones um so i think three five who right go there first yeah uh, adam uh yeah adam three five who uh don't think it's a question but more of a comment Havertz is off the ball movement all season has been excellent but he's starting to do it in connection with other players progressing the ball quickly Lethal combination. See, I don't agree that his movement all season has been excellent, personally. Uh, there's been a lot of games where I've actually been at where I've seen space that he should have been in that he wasn't. Um, but I think it's getting better, and I agree. The uh, the combination of him connecting with other players that are progressing the ball um, it is a lethal combination. Anything you want to add on that one? Um, yeah, I, I think I probably tend more to side of Adam on this, but I'm more of a Havertz lover, I guess. So I do know you felt he could have done more towards the final third, um, yeah. and that he like the runs, some of the runs he was making weren't quite the right ones. I, I just feel it's more about like relationships for me, and it's, yeah. for me, it's the idea of what I was saying about like I just think like maybe some of that movement was there, but either the other players didn't trust him enough to find him, or just didn't know where he would be. So to us, it looks like he's in the wrong place, but actually, it might be that. Just that's what the coach wants, but the other players haven't quite clicked yet with him. Now I feel that chemistry is there. So I'm excited to see this hopefully continue. And I think the quick play we have, the technical players, like if you see like a Zinchenko, Odegaard, Rice, Jesus yeah. and Havertz, and then you've got Sakura Martinelli waiting for you on the wings. That is disgusting. Like that team could one touch pass their way into anyone's net. Yeah. Like, there, there are insane levels of technical quality there. I just really like obviously we've gone um are we five clear at the top now in the league? Yeah, uh, until they all play uh, today. Yeah, so obviously yeah, Liverpool City have a game in hand, but still, I just really hope this is the period where if we can get to Anfield uh, on the twenty third of December and we've still got um yeah, still got a bit of buffer room, I think that'll be good. If we can go top of the league at Christmas again, that'll really really, really help us. Um that was my yeah. main concern about the draw. Because if it had ended a draw yesterday, Liverpool would come level on points with a win against yeah. Sheffield. And that was stressing me the fuck out. I was like, this is our chance to like play first and like build a lead and actually throw the pressure back into all their courts. Yeah. Like I want Liverpool and City. Like I don't think Sheffield would do anything against Liverpool, but Villa might be able to sneak something against City. Um, obviously, Rodri's banned, Greenish is banned, Doku is injured. 
if there was ever a time for Unai Emery to do something really nice for us, he can give us an early Christmas gift with a big three points against Man City. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, yeah, you're right though. Like dropping points at Luton away when I don't think Villa away, Brighton at home, and Liverpool away is the easiest run. So um, yeah, huge three points. Uh, next comment was a. Uh, Aaron, FPL Plonker, got a credit got to credit Luton, though they were insanely good at pressing us. Uh, yeah, they were. And that but that's what I was even more impressed with our ability to navigate around it, to be honest. But it was really good. Uh Tommy talks Arsenal, Asian Cup for Tommy Asu. Yeah, we um obviously he's out for a few weeks and then he goes to the Asia Cup if he's fit. We're down to literally Zinchenko and White as fullbacks and Kivior can play there should we need it, but I don't think that's yeah, I, I just think we need another. I think defender. we need to get a defender in the January window. I think you're right, a defender and a centre mid if we can. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's. Con- I also don't think we get enough credit for how we're coping without Timber. Like to get to this point in the he season, he was meant to unlock this like entire new era of the yep. em- of the Emirates, right? He, he looks so good. well, like. Yeah, I know what you mean. This next chapter of where we're yeah, heading as a chapter, club, yeah. yeah, as in like like the chapter where the Emirates isn't just about FA Cups anymore. It's about Champions League and league yeah. titles. Yeah. Um, just one thing on that because I just want to comment on Timber. If you guys haven't seen it, do go check it. Obviously, we were on the breakdown live when we went last week with Adrian Clark and um, Nick, and they did on the breakdown live before yesterday's game. They actually showed like a day in the life of Yuri and Timber. And okay. he actually, they followed him around and they showed a little kind of five minute segment where he showed what his match day looks like. So like right, when he comes nice. to the stadium, what he does, who he speaks to. And it was just really nice to see him and hear more from him. Yeah. And the way he talks about the team, you can see he's also a very confident young man. Like okay. he's the captain of Ajax, right? Like this is another serious, mentally serious player we brought in just like Rice and Jesus and Zinchenko. Like, I just think people do not understand the family bond this club has. And you can see Urian feels welcomed immediately, having yet to play an actual competitive game. Yeah, And the reason I just want to bring that up is, I, I said I was really excited to see him this season. And uh, one, of, one of my mates on Twitter, he was like, you know, he's not played any games yet. And I was like, no, he said he's played three games so far. And I was like, yeah, I don't even count those three. He's played yeah. zero competitive games. But for me, it's about his character yeah and i don't want to shit on people like party and smith row but a little bit of shade i'm sorry guys timber for me shows what a guy is doing who's single-mindedly focused on getting back as fast as possible i've seen videos of party out there raving in a club listening to fucking in his like limo listening to r kelly wearing like a fucking nba jersey and i'm looking at it and i'm like bro you men are like you think you're rappers it's a bit like the obama yang vibe like i'm like come on guys like be more professional, be like Timber, be like Rice, be a pro who wants to win and treats their body like a temple and every minute is focused on winning. I'm fair, one of those there wankers. was a video of Rice in a club, so... <laughs> no, 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 this is different. When you hear the R. Kelly music and him in the car and the way he's filming himself, I'm like, bro, how much alcohol are you drinking? Is this slowing down your recovery? You know, like, Rice ain't always been injured. Rice is always available. Party's yeah. always been missing for the end of our seasons. And he's world-class when he plays, but... When yeah, does he but play? He doesn't play so enough. Yeah. That's what I mean. So I just think we need players like that. People who their focus is winning Arsenal the trophies. Mindset not, as well. not just like being a happy, high paid footballer, living it up, fucking yeah. drinking their own Kool-Aid. Like <clears throat> I've had enough of those days. We've had way too many players like that. Yeah. 
Let's uh, let's fly. But let's go quick fight. fire now. Yeah, let's yeah. Go quick fire. Uh, Uncle Mike said, really pleased for Kai. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah. It's nice to see him smiling and getting involved in the kind of club, right? Like he, uh, you can tell he's growing in confidence. Uh, we had. He a, seems like a oh, shy guy. Yeah. Yeah, had a Bobby Love Mandem uh, spoiling us with the pods this week. Yeah, we've been been grafting, mate. We uh, yeah. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun to be fair. But yeah, thanks a lot for all of you guys for tuning in. Uh, for each one, it's been a uh, feels like it's been received quite well. Uh, Bungle people that just look at 2D formations don't understand our system. So true, that is like one of my biggest pet peeves. People that still look at like formations and don't understand the zones that we operate and stuff. Uh, Tommy Talks Arsenal, you covered this one earlier. Um, I wanted to bring it up again because I, I just seen while I was on Twitter. So, Tommy Talks Arsenal said uh, in the 93rd minute, we had. We'd had 48 touches in their opponent in their box compared to their seven. Um, we actually had a further four over the whole game. So we had f- this is the stat: we had 52 touches in the opposition box against Luton this evening. It's our highest tally in a Premier League away game since September 2016, which was against Hull City. So that to me, it was just domination in terms of where we were, where we were operating. Uh, and then we've got a final few questions on the January transfer window. So. Uh, Tommy talks Arsenal. Uh, any thoughts on incomings, outgoings, Pontus? Uh, same question. Who would you like to see us sign? Uh, I'll add in their bungles. Will Ramsdale still be with us in Feb? And uh, yeah, final one, <laughs> Mike. On a scale of one to ten of shitting it, how much does Cedric appearing in the first team again scare you? So <laughs> um, yeah, what is there anything you want in the transfer window? I guess for me, like in terms of Mike's question. On a scale of 1 to 10 of shitting it, yeah, I'm at 10. I don't want Cedric in the first team. I think he may get PSV away because we've topped the group, but I think we absolutely need a defender, and I think we'll get one. Yeah, we need um, one. I think you don't it's... think the academy kids like Royal Walters or any no. of these guys? No, okay. no Arteta's um, not that way inclined. What, what, what about Havertz left back? Uh, no. I don't think we'll <laughs> you're, you're, you're like just as he's finding fluency going forwards, I'm suggesting he plays left back. No, no chance. Uh, I, I think we absolutely, in terms of the question, like uh, incomings, outgoings, I, I think need a defender. I think we need another attacker for the group. Uh, I'm not sure what that profile is. I just think we need more firepower in there to maximise what Saka, Martinelli, Jesus can give us. Um, yeah. And I, I think one for each group, to be honest. I think we need another defender, another midfielder and another when I say forward, I mean someone that can play wide and centrally. Um, I'm not sure what that looks like, but that's where I'm at. I'm aware that's being very greedy, but we've been good this season. We're on the nice list. So, Santa, give us some presents. What about you? Yeah, no, I just think that I don't want anyone to go firstly. I don't want to weaken in any shape. And I still think a defender and a centre mid, that's the two I want. Um, I yeah, could... that, that's the main takeaway. I could see a world in where we cash in on party in January, you know, and actually go like we've been linked with Polinia. I just uh, don't think anyone's going to give the money that we want. Saudi, I'd love to sell him. Yeah, but they still didn't offer enough, I don't think. Well, I don't think it's even, he doesn't necessarily want to go to Saudi. I think um, it's the Italian clubs and Italian clubs pay fuck all. They try to offer two million yeah. for Xhaka. Like, do you know what I mean? Like these, yeah, these Rome, Italian yeah. clubs all want loans with no obligation to buy. And like, it's just like, what's the point like even if he's fit for two games at the end and that wins us the title then keep the fucker like get rid yeah. of him in summer if yeah. the money from selling one of them gets you a Jao Polinia then sell 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 but if we yeah. sell and don't use that money this January 
just said it in summer, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think that's that's my thinking. But we we do need to sell someone if we want to get that big project Mbappe next summer. Because do you think I'll be real world... with you? If yeah, we're talking about Osman, but I'm still of the belief that Wenger's son will come. Then do you know uh, what Fr- French maybe, team will come back? Maybe this is bias and stuff, but I I think outside of England, I think we are viewed as one of the elite in Europe now, and I think we have a seat at the table to be in the conversation around Mbappe to Arsenal. I really It just do. depends if Madrid go in. If Madrid don't go in, and I know yeah. every three months it changes, but the last news was Madrid aren't going in. That's probably rubbish. It's just all mind games. But if Madrid didn't go in, where else is he going to go? Yeah, mate. I, I think, like, you, in England, because of the tribalism, and obviously Arsenal is a hated club, you, we, we kind of get bogged down into this tunnel vision. We're the fourth favourites to win the goddamn fucking Champions League. Around Europe, we are respected. You see the way, like, some of the managers, the way Thomas Frank, like even Edwards, yes, the way they talk about us, we are viewed as the elite in Europe. So, again, it's just tribalism from fans in England. It's like rival fans. makes us think that think we're down here. Think about bottling we, and they don't accept anything. We yet. are viewed up here in Europe. So, we are in that conversation. Not a doubt in my mind. We are one of the best I just feel like we've gotten to a right point. Now. Yeah, I feel like we're. it's the opportune timing where we, if we were where we were before Arteta arrived, obviously it's just like a total pipe dream to think yeah. of any signings like that. But it's just that 1% chance of getting someone like an Mbappe, knowing where we are, if we I don't did think it's win 1%. titles this year, could be more. I, I but more. for my own for my own mental yeah. health, I say one second. <laughs> if I expect it to be any higher than that, I'll be even more disappointed when it inevitably ends up at Madrid. But until then, the dream is alive. Project Mbappe, you're gonna hear it all season from me. And if he signs next summer, I'm gonna clip the shit out of this section. Uh, uh, to be fair, though, I am with Mike. I don't think I want him. I don't want to block Eddie's path. <laughs> 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 oh, I love you, Mike. Um, yeah, thank right. you everyone for tuning in. It was a pleasure. I know we've gone a little bit over an hour today, but uh, we'll be back on Friday, right, for the preview of the yeah. Aston Villa game. Uh, that won't be a quick one. But yeah, like lots Bobby, of episodes. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Just like what Bobby said, obviously, we've been uh, plowing them out this week and uh, we're, we're trying to up the content we're doing. Um, and there'll be new series that we're looking to do in the new year. So, uh, for all of you guys that always support us, thank you so much. Um, as always, if you enjoyed it, uh, please hit the like button. Uh, it helps us a lot. And it's it's a bit of a reward for something that we do. We try to squeeze in when we can in and around our personal lives. Um, and if you're new here, please hit the subscribe button. We're a few away from 200 that we're trying to get to before Christmas. But uh, we're back to top of the league. We're five points clear. Let's hope Liverpool drop points. Let's hope City drop points. Uh, and then let's assess where we're at on Friday when we'll be back to do the Villa preview. Thank you very much, everyone. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Come on, you Gunners.